Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. episode of Real Life Ghost Stories where as you can see by the title I am interviewing the one and the only Danny Robbins. Just a couple of things before we dive into the episode. First of all this episode was recorded using my portable mics so the sound quality may be a little bit different to what you are used to but it is absolutely perfect to listen to. The second thing is that this episode was literally and I mean literally recorded half an hour before Danny had to go on stage at his Canterbury show for Uncanny. So it's not a particularly long interview but as he was in my hometown I was really keen to try and get some some time to have an interview and actually meet him in person. If you don't know who Danny Robbins is He is the man behind the podcast series The Battersea Poltergeist, the series The Witch Farm, the Uncanny podcast series and the Uncanny TV show. There is also a book out, an Uncanny book and the play 222. So he has been doing a lot of stuff, particularly in the last year. And if you have not checked out any of his stuff, I would highly recommend it. It is brilliant. And I will say I went to see the live show last night after the interview. I didn't know what to expect. I've never been to a podcast live show before, so I didn't really know what to expect or what would happen. But it was so good. It was brilliant. If you are a fan of Uncanny, the podcast or the TV show or anything else, I genuinely would highly recommend going to this show. It was so well done. It's essentially a two hour show with an interval It presents cases just like the podcast, but they're new cases and they're done so well. I was super impressed. Could not recommend it more. Do go and see it. If you were on the fence about going to see it, this is your sign to go and see it. So the Uncanny live show is still on tour for the rest of this month, I think. I will leave the links to where you can find out all the information that you need in the description of this episode. And I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome back to this very special episode of Real Life Ghost Stories where I am sitting backstage in the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury with the amazing Danny Robbins. Hello Danny. Hello. How are you? I'm alright. It here. feels really weird to see you in person in real life. <laughs> I'm a bit like, oh, you I, do exist. I, I exist, I'm not just a voice. <laughs> um, no, I know, it's good. I'm, I'm, you're catching me in the midst of the Uncanny Live Tour wandering all around the country, so... I know, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's been lovely. I mean, a lot of trains, a lot of train journeys, a lot of sandwiches from supermarkets and yeah. petrol stations. Um, but yeah, I, it's been lovely, actually. And I mean, you'll know from your podcast that, you know, it's a conversation and you're talking to people all the time. That the nature of a podcast is that you hopefully build a community around it and those people chat to you, you chat to them and it's an exchange of ideas. And so to do that in person is brilliant, you know, and to see people that you've, 
been talking to on Twitter or, you know, people mm. you know are regular listeners to, for them to come up after the show and have a chat. It's just brilliant. It's like, it sounds amazing. It looks like the tour is going really well. So before I came out tonight, I had a look on the Real Life Ghost Stories group on Facebook and loads of people were like, I went to see it last week. I'm going to see it tonight. So people are really loving it and really excited about it. It's good. I hope so. I mean, I think it's a nice time. We've, we've been doing the podcast for a while. We've just mm. done a TV series of Uncanny on BBC Two. And... Um, I've got my book out as well. I know, it's all happening. It's it's been a kind of mad, uncanny autumn. I don't know if I ever planned it that way, but it's somehow they've all all come together. That was my second question, but I'm going to ask you now, (laughs) as soon as we've come come on to it. The last time I spoke to you, you had just done Uncanny Season 1, I think, and The Battersea Poltergeist. Since then, it's just exploded. Like, in your, genuinely, in your wildest dreams, back in the haunted days, did you feel like, any of this was a possibility? Not at all. I mean, and Haunted was a, 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 it feels like a long time ago now. Haunted was a kind of personal tragedy for me in a way that I, um, I mean, that sounds a bit overblown, I guess, but I, I made the show I loved and then I wasn't able to make any more of it. And um, it was because I signed this deal with this American company, this, this American kind of podcast company that we made it with. And they basically controlled the rights to my idea, you know, so... Yeah. Um, I made this thing, loved it, wanted to make more. You know, there was this nice response to it, but they went bust, basically, and so then we couldn't make any more unless we paid them huge amounts of money. So, um, so it was really sad for me that we couldn't do more of Haunted, and I, and I kind of felt uh, really kind of devastated about it for quite a while afterwards, and it wasn't until making Battersea Poltergeist that I kind of got my mojo back and, and was able to make more shows. And so... I look back now and Haunted feels like a kind of prototype for what we're mm. doing now for Uncanny. And, um, yeah, so I, I had no idea it would happen like this. And, and Haunted basically came out of me doing research for my play 222, A Ghost Story. I started asking on social media if anybody I knew had had an experience and started getting a few stories and it kind of spread. It was like friends and friends of friends and then strangers. And, um, and I just realised that there were these amazing stories out there, you know, and, um, and that I wanted to kind of do something with them and, and try and make sense of them. And, and Haunted was an attempt to, to do that. And it's grown. And now, obviously, it kind of exponentially it's grown in that we get a lot more stories yeah. coming in because of the podcast and then the TV series even more, you know. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's clear to me, and I'm sure to you as well, that all the stats about how many people believe in ghosts and how many people have seen a ghost or had an experience are pretty wrong and that actually it's way more widespread than we think. And I think there's just loads of people out there who haven't known how or where to talk about this and and are are keen to discuss their experiences and make sense of them, really. And it really, there really is the appetite for it. Clearly, there's the appetite for it, you know, because it's it's just so popular. Like, even 222 has gone global. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and there is the appetite for I, ghost stories. I, I, think, I think we live in a moment where there's a hunger for ghost stories. And yeah. I think that you could read all sorts of things into that. I think definitely periods of, you know, unsettling times yeah. in society seem to breed an interest in that. You can look back to, like, the 1960s, the boom of horror. Yes. The interest in the supernatural then. Obviously, post-First World War, post-Second World War. There's, there's definitely, you know, the paranormal feels like it's a response, you know, yeah. you know the interest in, in it is a response to uncertainty, chaos, proximity to death, you know, we've got that in, in the sort of uh, way we're exposed to COVID and climate change and um, war at the moment, we're definitely thinking about death more than we were, and I think 
Yeah, I mean, I think basically when our world is troubled, we go in search of another world, I think. And, um, yeah. you know, that's what ghosts and UFOs offer us. Yeah, definitely. I've got a question for you. This is a me question. This doesn't come from mm-hmm. listeners. Do you have a pre-show routine? Do you get nervous before a show? Um, and do you have a routine that doesn't involve me because I'm not coming around on tour <laughs> with you to do I, this I, every I, time? I, I do have a routine. I shadow box. Uh, I, <laughs> I did I not expect you, you to say not, that. You would not think that of me, my little tasty-faced, uh, sort of weak-limbed uh, form that I've got. But... Um, Yeah, I, I shadow box backstage um, to get myself in the zone. There you go. That's, that's a revelation. Because I isn't saw it? that Evelyn tweeted yesterday saying that she does a monologue oh, in her okay. dressing room backstage uh-huh. to warm up, and you're here shadow boxing. I just shadow box, and you know, I sort of. Yeah, that, that's about it, really. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. That brings me such joy. Um, so, questions from listeners. Mm. And I said this was going to be light and, and easy breezy, and then I'd come flying in with this question do you ever regret immersing yourself in the paranormal no I don't I mean I, it, it's something that I've been intrigued by kind of obsessively intrigued by my whole life really and um and I would say the study of it brings me joy in many ways I, I love uh the interactions I have with people I, I think you know I, I am fascinated by people I I've always enjoyed making documentaries. I think that a lot of paranormal shows get very obsessed by places. Yes. By going to a castle or a haunted pub, that kind of thing. Very obsessed with kind of just bricks and mortar and, you know, the kind of history of a place. I, I'm intrigued by the person and I love these moments of trying to make sense of a mystery in someone's life, a moment in their life where they've experienced something that has been seismic for them and, and often life-changing for them and, and trying to make sense of that. That intrigues me. And... Um, And, and for me, it's very personal as well. You know, there are, there are reasons why I want to make sense of this. And, and for me, more than anything else, I think it is, you know, a fear of death and a kind of mm. the idea of ghosts as an antidote to death and, and that optimism of there possibly be, being something after death. So I, I think, you know, I, I think it's, it's not a sort of academic or kind of abstract study for me. I, I, I kind of... You know, I, I crave answers on this, you know. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's... I, 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 I definitely feel like making the shows I make at the moment, I, I feel a huge sense of relief and release. I feel like I spent a lot of my life making things for other people, you mm. know, kind of things that I felt would work well on Radio 4 or BBC One, whatever, you know, trying to impress a commissioner or tick a box, those, those kind of things. And actually, Battersea Poltergeist was the first time I just made something where I was like, this is for me. I just want to make something that is what I would want to listen to. And if nobody wants to listen to it, then fair enough, I'll walk away and go back into my hole and hide. But, um, But that you know, didn't happen. Yeah, and thankfully clearly, people did, you know. And, and I think yeah. people respond to, to the personal, don't they? I think, I think if you care about the subject and you're delivering something that you are interested in in an interesting way, then hopefully people will respond. And if I was giving one tip to anybody think you're making a podcast or a tv show or whatever you want to do it would be just make something that you really care yeah. about you know just make something that that you kind of live and breathe for and that excites you when you get up in the morning because because it's much easier for you than making something that you're just kind of not that interested in and you're kind of soldiering through but also that will just radiate out of the microphone or out of the yeah you know the screen you know people get that people respond to enthusiasm and excitement and and you know this subject excites me Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think this was the question that probably was asked the most um, because people want to know black or white. You know, they want a hard line answer. Mm. So you've described yourself in interviews as a skeptic who wants to believe. Mm. And... Has that changed? Now, I did have one particular question that said, how could it not have changed after episode <laughs> one of the TV show that was definitely a ghost? Yeah, it was yeah, nothing yeah. else. No, so has it changed? It's really interesting. I mean, I, I, I have changed definitely over the time that I've been making these shows. I think, I, I suspect you can hear that actually. You know, if you mm. listen to ha- uh, Haunted, I think you, you probably hear a more sceptic me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, 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 that, that line want to believe, a sceptic who wants to believe. I mean, that, that is so true. I, I desperately want to believe. And I, I've loved the idea of belief since I was a kid, really. And I, I, you know, I was brought up an atheist, but kind of wanted to believe. I always wondered if I was being left out of some club, yeah. you know, missing out on some magic somewhere. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a hard one. I, I, I guess the closest I come to this is to say, I cannot explain the stories that I am told, you know. And... Um, and that troubles me, and that makes me feel <laughs> uneasy, but it also excites me. And um, I think that, you know, we are hugely evidence-based as human beings. We make judgments on our own experiences. I think I have not had an experience that I would deem to be paranormal, and so I can't categorically say that mm. the paranormal exists. And, um, you know, and as a, as a terrible coward, I, I do wonder if I could cope with a paranormal experience. I mean, I, I, you know, some of the experiences that people... Described to me, I, I don't know. I'm not. I think I'd be so scared. I'm not sure how I would deal with them. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's it's a journey for me. I see myself being on a journey. I see it as a journey that I'm going on with a lot of other people, all the people who listen. Yeah. And I sort of feel like you know, I, I'm really interested in seeing certain people on social media, you know, talking about possibly changing their beliefs. I, yes, I, you know, it's intriguing to me to see people saying. And, and I don't just mean going from scepticism to belief. I mean, yeah. some people have gone from belief to scepticism. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's equally interesting. I think the journeys people go on. And I think the idea that you can be several things, you know, you, maybe in the course of one episode, you might flit uh, between scepticism and belief. I, I love that. And I think it's such an underrated thing in today's society, that ability mm. to change your mind. Yes, and you know, that it's okay. Yeah, we're constantly told, you know, you've got to make your decision. What are you? And what do you stand for? What do you believe in? You know, like you, you, you've got to be anti something and for something else. And, and actually, sometimes you're just in the middle and you go, I don't know. I don't know what I think. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing about the uncanny verse, as it were, is that there is hardline skeptics, hardline believers, 
And everybody just gets along. Yeah, there, there, are, there are absolute hardcore sceptics who tweet me every single week yeah. going, this is rubbish, this and yet is they're the reason listening why every week and they love it. Listening. You know? That's um, exactly it. You know, and I, and I, you know, for everybody who tells me that, you know, the believer experts we have on the show are complete idiots, there's an equal amount of people saying the skeptics are complete idiots. Oh. And actually, you know, and, and actually that makes it sound more kind of confrontational or aggressive than it is. You know, everything, the kind of discourse around the show I see is always really good natured and really, um, you know, kind of fun. And I, and I think, I think we quite enjoy being annoyed by things. You know, yes. we quite enjoy hearing other people's opinions and actually it makes you think every time you might listen to that skeptic and not agree with them or listen to the believer expert and not agree with them but actually it will have made you think about it more and I think if we can be within an era of the paranormal where we're really asking searching questions and exploring stuff and and not just taking things for granted whichever side you're on you know not just instantly debunking as a skeptic or not just instantly believing as a believer you know I think that, that idea of creating this debate around it is, is exciting to me. Okay, easy question. Okay, go on. Music-wise, what band, musician or songwriter are you listening to at the moment? This will sound a bit tragic. My favourite band is called Ghost. Uh, <gasps> oh, they're, they're interesting. They're a Swedish metal yes, band. Yes, I know who Ghost them. are, okay. yeah. So I've, I, I'm a huge fan. I've seen them a couple of times and um, I actually come on to a Ghost song um, uh, on the show. <laughs> this... this um, this live tour, I play a ghost song at the beginning. Oh, I can't believe you get to show. have a walkout song. I, I didn't do, even I do. think it, yeah, of that. It's, um, it's called uh, If You Have Ghosts. Oh, uh, uh, this by, is, I'm, I can't wait to see this. So, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm very on brand with my, <laughs> my ghost stuff. But, um, yeah, it, I, I guess also my wife is Swedish. So, you know, having a Swedish band as your favourite band feels quite loyal yeah. to that as well. Brownie points. Yeah. That's what that is. I'm going to ask you a couple of more questions mm-hmm. and then I'll let you go because I know that you have to get on yeah, stage and actually do a show. Talk to the um, people at Canterbury. So I'll ask you two more mm. questions. First question, is, which is what everybody has been asking me to ask you. Are you going to be able to bring the TV show to the US or anywhere outside the UK? Well, I hope so. I think, I think there are probably people at the BBC trying to do that at the moment yes. and sort of talking about sort of international sales of it and all that sort of thing. Um, so I hope so. I, I would... I would imagine that that's what they'll want to do yeah that sounds very yeah. promising so yeah I, I mean that's sort of above my pay grade basically but um i um yeah i mean i've, I've seen a lot of people in america and australia and so on asking about it but i would i would love to think it'll be on next year and yeah. similarly is there any chance of a u.s tour of Uncarried? oh my god that would be great I, i'd love that <laughs> <laughs> somebody I mean, else organize I mean, it please I mean, i'll be honest i'm totally living my rock star dreams here like you know coming out <laughs> Clouds of dry ice and all that sort of thing. Um, I, you know, I, 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 as a, I was a kid who, you know, as well as growing up loving ghosts, I was also a kid who grew up wanting to be a rock star. Um, so, <laughs> and here you are. So there you go. Mix of but, both um, worlds. I, I don't know. I mean, it would be lovely. I mean, lots of people have said, you know, come to Australia or come to America. I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's so hard to know yeah. how many people out there, you know, in those countries would like us to come and And how perform. much it would translate into tickets. Yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's the harsh but reality. I think, I think, you know, like, you know, I think... You know, let's see. I don't know. It'd be nice. I'd love to. I'd love to. I, I, I've travelled a lot in my life. I had a funny period of my life where I was doing travel journalism oh. and um, used to travel all the time, like every month. And I, and I love travel. I love exploring other parts of the world. So the idea of exploring the ghosts of uh, other parts of the world would really, really interest me, actually. And I think that in different parts of the world, we approach ghosts in very different ways. Yes. I think we've got a very sort of... Um, 
definite way of looking at it in the UK and I think the, the way they look at it in the US is pretty similar but then go to other cultures and it's totally different totally I mean, different in Irish culture yeah. totally different and the idea of sort of you know being this kind of link to the ancestors of the past yeah. and, and you know like in Mexico on Day of the Dead I think they set places at the table for their yeah. ancestors and it's there's something in a way more comforting about that I think we've got very scary ghosts in the UK yeah. and I would say that that's perhaps because we are very scared of death and I think that um that, that fear breeds fearful ghosts. And I think in other parts of the world, there may be a little bit more sort of, I don't know, relaxed or attuned to the idea of, you know, life and death and, and the shifts between the two. And, and their, their ghosts feel less threatening as yeah. well. And we're more linked to ghosts when you have a, a kind of a different relationship with death. Yeah, it it yeah. doesn't feel like us and them. Yeah. Last question. Okay. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this. Can you give us any idea about what is next for you? What's next for the uncanny verse? <laughs> um, a big sleep. Um, I think uh, in, in December, uh, I'm definitely going to take some time off and chill out and see my family because I, I haven't... Not, Who? Not, Who are yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. I've just not seen them notoriously, which is not so good. Um, uh, I, um, I think, well, yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, like, sort of more podcast episodes uh, imminently. I mean, they're kind of coming out now in the wake of the TV series. Um, but then, I don't know, we've got this series we're doing called Haunted History, um, which is um, like looking at some historic kind of celebrated cases, you know, mm. the kind of the likes of a Borley or an Enfield, those kind of big cases, um, which we're going to do. And, um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd love to do another long form story like Battersea yeah. or Witch Farm. Yeah. You know, I'd love to explore something that felt meaty enough to sustain multi episodes like that. Um, but I don't know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a kind of whirlwind year and, um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I need a, a little moment in December just to take a moment and just kind of go, you know, I, I'm, oh, I'm pleased and proud of everything we've done this year. I think you're allowed it. And, and then what, what's next, you know, and actually sit down and have a think about what I'd like to do next. And I think it might not be just telling real-life stories. It might be also kind of trying to write some fictional ones because I think, yeah. you know, I, I did 222 A Ghost Story. I loved writing that play, writing a, a supernatural drama. And I'd be really intrigued to do that, you know, either another play or, or write something for the screen. I think taking all of the real stories that I've been told and the kind of, you know, all of the kind of knowledge you get from that and, and kind of using that to kind of give an authenticity to the, the stories that you write fictionally, I think is, is exciting. You know, I think, you know, the research I did before 222, listening to so many people telling me their stories, I think feeds in and makes that play feel very real you know like mm. you feel like you're watching real people going through a real experience and um yeah I don't know I, I would love to tell a supernatural thriller on screen I think oh well you heard it here first <laughs> you know I can't wait I'm excited Danny thank you thank it's been you, a Emma. joy no, no, I know pleasure. that you need to go on shadow box and get yeah, yeah exactly, exactly yeah yeah so break a leg I'm excited thank to see you. it enjoy and the I'll show. speak to you again soon <laughs>